0: listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates
1: i'm sarah golseth
0: thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour you can find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu
1: live uncommon
0: we get to travel internationally today well actually they're traveling to us i know it'd be nice though if we could we should go totally visit.
1: road trip yeah. a boat so, trip so, it would really, be a boat trip
0: this is true we can't <laughs> drive to <Flame> asia <laughs> yes you have to get on a boat or an aircraft to get there
1: yes <laughs>
0: today we are heading to <laughs> Japan. The Reverend Doctor Daniel Jastrum, serving the Lord in Asia, is our guest today. Thanks so much for being our guest, Doctor Jastrum.
2: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: You are back in the states for a reconnect, so we don't really get to visit you in Japan. But I think you're going to take us there with some stories today. I
2: bet. I'll do my best. Excellent. Looking forward to it.
0: So, tell us about your path to serving the Lord as a missionary, serving in Japan. When did you, when did you begin thinking about serving as a missionary? And I bet it was pretty early. Am I right?
2: Yeah.
0: It's pretty young in life. Where did well, life.
2: as my interest in studying theology grew, I realized that also teaching theology is important. And so as I prepared myself to teach theology, I thought, well, a logical future might be teaching theology in the United States or overseas. And because I had spent a significant time of my life overseas, <laughs> I thought, well, there may be an opportunity to engage in teaching theology at a fledgling seminary of some sort. But that's as far as my thinking went, and then I patiently thought, well, what God arranges is the path that I will follow.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, you just said you spent a significant amount of your life overseas. Unpack that for us. What does that mean? Sure. I was
2: <laughs> born and raised in Japan by LCMS missionary parents. Mm-hmm. And so I spent my, the first 19 years of my life in Japan, But I went to an English-speaking school, Hmm. which I thought was pretty normal. It was a small school, one-room schoolhouse, so to speak. Uh But almost everybody there from grades 1 to 8, total number of 18, were missionary kids. And it wasn't until quite late in life that I realized, oh, this is a Lutheran parochial school for missionaries. I put the dots together at that point.
0: (laughs) So at night, you said until age 19, what happened after
2: that? Yes. After that, I came to the States for college in the humble state of South Dakota, which my parents call home, and to which we had gone numerous times on furlough. So going back home to the United States and then finding a university to enroll and study naturally made the connection to go to where my relatives were. Mm -hmm. So University of South Dakota in Vermilion, South Dakota is where I did my undergraduate work. And then followed through with going on to seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then after that, graduate school in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm.
0: So as some call it, you came back to the land of your passport.
2: Yes. (laughs) Well, I'm a U.S. citizen, so Mm -hmm. my passport's actually United States. Mm -hmm. But back to the land of my birth, yeah. So after graduating from seminary, I started teaching at Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota, And then took a parish not too far away in Forest Lake, Minnesota. And as I was serving there then, the need arose from the Board of International Mission to send someone to Japan. And they reached out to me and said, have you ever thought about that possibility? And I said, oh, yes. And I'm, you know, patiently waiting for God to make arrangements if it seems that that's the direction I should follow. And so the board of international mission probably took about a year or so to put that on the shelf and then they said it's about time to make make the arrangements.
0: What was were there similarities between the work that your parents had been given as missionaries in Japan to the work that you were then given?
2: Some similarities, yes, but one thing that I constantly reiterate is that first generation missionary work is Significantly different from second-generation missionary work. Mm. My parents went to Japan, Mm. uh, arriving in 1953. Their task as missionaries, in the mindset of our Lutheran Church at that point, was to arrive in a foreign country and establish congregations, to build a church body through the congregations, to organize things so that the church congregations and the church body itself could be self-sufficient. In other words, they usually said, work yourself out of a job, so to speak, so that rather than being a mission station, they grow into their own church body. And they did that in about 28 years. They established a mission, that, that is, a established a, a church body called the Japan Lutheran Church with about 33 congregations and about 30 pastors or so, and then... They That church body, the Japan Lutheran Church, developed on autonomy, so to speak, a self-governance and a self-funding status, and a sister congregations, sister church body status with the LCMS. And so from that point on, according to the missionary goals, they had sufficiently worked themselves out of a job, so to speak, and our major missionary effort in Japan kind of closed down at that point in 1976.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what work are you doing then in Japan? Very different, like you said, from that from that first generation mission work. What are you now doing? Is as, as, are you second, third generation? How does that work? Second generation
2: <laughs> in Japan for okay. our church body. Yeah. So my work is different because my parents went to a church, to a country where there wasn't a partner church body with the LCMS, and mm-hmm. they established it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So when I returned, I I arrived on the shores of Japan again in 2016, mm. there were already those same 33 congregations, many of which I was already familiar with. A number of the pastors I was already familiar with from my youth, they were already there. So my task wasn't to establish new congregations or to build a new church body or to build new cemeteries or new church schools or anything like that. But it was to help support the Japanese Lutheran pastors already there and the Japan Lutheran Church that was already there. Mm-hmm. The specific task, I suppose, I should add, was that they requested from the LCMS a need for an LCMS missionary who could teach theology at their seminary. Yeah. That's what they wanted. Okay.
0: You mentioned that that early mission work was to to help start a. Lutheran church body that eventually would become a sister church of the LCMS, a partner church of the LCMS. And that happened over time. Some things have changed in that that church body as well. And so that led to more recently the well. some of the things that changed are their theology and practice when it comes to ordination of women, correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. And that was probably the most significant issue that, that really has impacted our relationship.
2: Yeah, that was... That was an external symptom that was easily recognizable that uncovered probably a number of underlying issues, Mm. including the authority of Scripture, the theology and practice of the church body regarding the pastoral role, the use of auxiliary offices, so to speak. So, yeah, things have changed. And it kind of reemphasizes in my own mind that part of the task of the second-generation missionary is not only broadly to support. And facilitate what the, the partner church body is doing, but also to serve as perhaps a, a, an objective third third entity, a third eye, a third-party perspective on the well-being, the theological well-being of the, the church body as it has carried on work as its own entity. And, you know, sometimes things go well. There's good spiritual theological health. And sometimes there's weaknesses or endemic, maybe even cancerous illnesses, theologically speaking, that can affect the church body.
0: So does that impact then, what is your role now if things have changed in terms of relationship with that church? does How does that impact how you serve?
2: Yeah, it's had a radical impact. I mm. have no connections at all with the former church partner, the Japan Lutheran Church, And I've simply redirected my energies to other avenues. Namely, that is to find here and there, wherever I can, Japanese Lutheran pastors who want to be confessionally Lutheran and liturgically Lutheran. That's not a common given in any country, I suppose. Even here in the States, sometimes it's not quite a given. But wherever I can find Japanese Lutheran pastors, they're already pastors, they're already Lutheran, but somehow God has led them to... Walk on a path with high interest in being confessional and being liturgical. And currently, then, I'm at a position where I have become acquainted with three Japanese Lutheran pastors, all from different church denominations, Lutheran, Japanese Lutheran church bodies, that want to be confessional and liturgically Lutheran. So that's a great finding. Those three Japanese Lutheran pastors, plus the two missionaries including myself, that want to be on the same confessional page. We have become acquainted with each other. We know about each other. And the, the current phase of my work is trying to strengthen that connection with each other by sharing information, by occasionally gathering together for conferences. We've had one conference this spring on liturgy. And that was the first time these people had gathered together at all because they're all from different Lutheran church bodies. and. We're not in official communion fellowship with, altar and pulpit fellowship with any of those church bodies, but confessionally speaking, we all want to be on the same page, and we're trying to work towards the same thing, even though the organizational official church partnership isn't already there. We're respecting that, but we're trying to facilitate things for growth in that direction as much as we can wherever each of us is working.
0: That must be, to some degree... Perhaps invigorating to to <laughs> well to see these relationships that these bonds that are are growing
2: it is. It's full of challenges. Different church bodies have different mm-hmm. different strategies or directions that they're going, you might say, and some of these Japan Lutheran pastors, Japanese Lutheran pastors recognize the problems within the current church body that they're work working with. And they're working both within their own church body and trying to work together as a confessional group in order to promote good health for the future of ministry in Japan.
0: We have more to learn about our friend, the Reverend Dr. Daniel Jastram, serving the Lord in Asia in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: We are learning about the Lord's work in Asia with the Reverend Dr. Daniel Jastrom. Today, we've been talking a little bit about the work that you've been given specifically in Japan and the changing relationship of Japan Lutheran Church and the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and other lutheran church bodies how that has recently changed but the lord has given you a small group of of pastors who want to be confessional lutheran pastors and want to want to continue growing that relationship to see where the lord might lead that what do you what do you need in order to do this work what kind of support do you need you mentioned there are other missionaries serving in japan as well is that correct
2: I'm the only missionary from the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church, but mm. there's another missionary from the Independent Lutheran Church that's based in the United States, very, very small, but it has one missionary in Japan, so we found each other. Actually, he listened to a radio broadcast interview with that I provided through Issues Etc., I think it was, and he was very interested to know that there was another confessional Lutheran pastor in Japan, missionary in Japan, So we became acquainted, started crossing paths. Pastor Ferry, our regional director, was able to meet with him. And as a result, we've been able to coordinate some of our efforts, the work that he's doing, digitizing Chemnitz's commentary, Bible commentary. It's in public domain. And so he saw a need to provide theological texts in digital format, available online for free, for the sake of theological education and use in the church. So... We were able to join with him in partnership, providing some of the funding that is required for his time to carry out that digitization work. And part of his program is, then, to make available other solid, conservative Lutheran theological texts online in digital form, and hopefully also more in Japanese in digital form online, so that Japanese Lutheran pastors can read it in their own language.
1: What kind of resources are already available in Japanese for Lutherans? Are are there a lot of resources already, or or is that number pretty slim? Well,
2: from the LCMS perspective that teaches the distinctive faith, confessional faith that we hold dear, there's a precious little. Mm. Because our first missionaries, the first generation missionaries, for better or for worse, made a decision that the literature work they would be engaged in should most beneficially they thought take the form of a pan lutheran literature program hmm. there's benefits and not so good things about it but they saw that the benefits would override the 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 defects but as a result lcms distinctive doctrine and distinctive theological theological texts didn't end up being produced by that pan lutheran literature group. So, of course, we have the Bible in Japanese. We have the Book of Concord in Japanese, that enough. And earlier on, we had the Luther Small Catechism and Explanation from the LCMS, 1943 edition, I believe it is, translated into Japanese. So, those things were good and set. But we found that in the ongoing work of the Japan Lutheran Church, That they really didn't think they needed Luther's small catechism with explanation because it was LCMS. Hmm. In-house sort of internal documents, something. And they didn't think that that was really the needed thing for their church body. So it was printed, went out of print. Old copies are around paper. It was printed on poor paper. And the church body never continued to use it very much. So... What we need now in Japan is a new translation of our current LCMS Small Catechism with Explanation, the 2017 edition, because that keeps up with the current challenges and theological perspectives that we hold dear, applying them to current situations like same-sex marriage or like the gender confusion issue that, you know, unless you address some of these issues from the biblical perspective, they're just not there, per se, in the Book of Concord— And they're not there even in the old Missouri Synod Lutheran catechisms. So, Mm -hmm. how a church body deals with current challenges in a confessional way, according to the current needs of the current culture, that's really the key issue. And it takes theological maturity to do that. Sometimes our mission and sister partner, church body partners, don't always have the same sort of longevity and the maturity in theology that the LCMS has the privilege of enjoy, and it certainly doesn't have the theological text resources that we enjoy. So those texts are important, like Walther's Law and Gospel, CFW Walther's Church and Ministry. At the Missouri Senate Lutheran Seminaries, everybody knows that these are fundamental texts and everybody knows what they talk about. But in Japan, there's nothing behind that door if you knock. So, part of our translation work involves, uh, first of all, we have gotten the initial translation of Walter's Long Gospel done. We've finished the initial translation of uh, Walter's Church and Ministry. We went on to Werner Ehlert's Eucharist and Church Fellowship. From there, we went on to Chemnitz's Volume 5 regarding the Enchiridion, Lord's Supper, Lord's Prayer. And we just started the fifth fifth project, I think it is, The Lutheran Difference, mm-hmm. the 2014 edition by edited by Engelbrecht. So those, I think, are really crucial texts that the Japan Lutheran Church needs to develop some maturity theologically.
0: How are Lutherans perceived in Japanese culture?
2: Lutherans! <laughs> that's a sectarian name, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you all follow Luther? That's obviously sectarian. I know you call it a denomination, but we all know it's sectarian. And So, what we do know is that Christianity comes in a Catholic format, in a Protestant format. And other than that, it's kind of sectarian, don't you think? That's probably what they would understand. Hmm. Now, of course, part of the difficulty is that the term in Japanese used for religion in general, shukyo, also means sectarian. So... Hmm. Word choices and translation at the very beginning are extremely important.
0: Knowing that now having been a missionary kid, now coming back as a missionary, what are some of the things, maybe some of the, the traditions or life and culture of your childhood in Japan? What was, it, what was it like coming back to that as an adult now as a missionary?
2: I mean, this goes really deep mm-hmm. when you go out walking, especially around supper time and you smell the smells of the kitchens in the neighborhood cooking their fish and preparing mm-hmm. their food, you think this smells like home there's in America there are certain smells that you probably associate with home life, and this feels like home the the smell of freshly mown lawns. The smell of leaves at a certain stage of decomposition in the fall, perhaps. Certain familiar sounds in the neighborhood, whether it's the trash, you know, pickup or whatever it is. You think, yeah, I'm at home. I can feel that and smell it and hear it. So in Japan, smells like that, the Japanese language, of course, felt very at home with and nostalgic. Customs. Three things I usually say about the Japanese culture. One is they are polite. Americans don't have that as a national characteristic from my experience. (laughs) I can see the So they're very polite. They're industrious. They are busy people. They work long hours. And and relatively infrequently compared to the United States, take time for leisure. They live to work. We, I guess, say we work to live on our own time, so to speak. So, politeness, industry, industry, and they are cultured people. By that, I mean they have traditions that they follow religiously, and those traditions build cohesiveness in their culture. I know America has traditions, you know, Thanksgiving turkey and Christmas and, you know, all sorts of things like that. But these are traditions in Japan that go way, way back hundreds and hundreds of years. So over and over again, you see in television programs or advertisements that they've carried on a family tradition for hundreds of years. They mean that literally recipes... Dying cloth, weaving, handcrafts, all those things they've perfected over hundreds of years and they're carrying on that tradition. So these are some of the differences between Japanese people and their culture and the United States and its culture.
1: What is that like for you living there again as an adult now with family with you? What is what is that family life like for you in Japan?
2: My family, by the way, is my wife and I, mm-hmm. our three children are in the States. They're all grown and they have families of their own. So when we when I returned to Japan as a new missionary then, I returned to my country of birth, and it felt very like a welcome home. And whenever I introduced myself to the Japanese congregations and pastors, I would with some pride say that. My hometown is Shibata Lutheran Church in Japan, and I was born and raised in Niigata-ken. And they are usually astonished because everybody in Japan introduces themselves by talking about their birth home. Where are you from, essentially? And that means a lot. Well, if you're from Hokkaido, that means you're that sort of person. If you're from Kyushu, that means you're sort of this sort of person. A foreigner born in Japan calling this his home country? Unimaginable but at least surprising, if nothing else. So what is it like? It's a little bit like having two homes and coming home to a very beloved home.
0: You mentioned that you and your bride now live there, <laughs> your children, adults now living in the States. Tell us a little bit more about what your wife gets to do and, <laughs> and family life now that you're empty nesters.
2: <laughs> My wife is a clinical psychiatrist, And so she provides counseling for her clients. She had a practice before we left. So packing up shop in Minnesota and coming to Japan meant that she had to close down her business in the United States. And then, of course, she wanted to start up her business in Japan. The difficulty was at that point, Mm pre-COVID, they did not really condone online therapy sessions for insurance payment purposes mm-hmm. but as soon as covid kicked in then her her board her group her psychi- psychological association said well we can see that it's important to adjust our expectations and parameters for online counseling and so with online counseling then she still provides counseling for international people, most of them who live and work in Japan, but it's for English speakers. And it's proven a godsend to be able to work from home. She works from home. I work from home. And she doesn't have to go out for any of her work. I do have to go out for some of my work, but working at home is a wonderful benefit that God has provided for us.
0: What's your one favorite, we have just about a minute left, one favorite tradition or custom that you're happy to come back to in
2: Japan? Oh, <laughs> to pick one out of them all. In Japan, things are more or less ordered mm-hmm. and dependable. Case in point train schedules, bus schedules. On the public trains in Tokyo, if they're a minute and a half or two minutes late, they apologize to everybody on the train. Because you may have missed your next connection for the third connection. And so punctuality is extremely important for public life. And living together with so many people in such a small space means that being polite is extremely important. Getting on the bus in the morning, all the children are reminded every day Please follow the appropriate rules and manners of this bus. And that kind of encapsulates life in Japan. Knowing what the rules and manners are and following them for an orderly society.
0: <laughs> How can we stay informed on the Lord's work in Asia, particularly the work that you've been given to do in Japan?
2: Yes, Probably the easiest way to stay informed is to subscribe to our newsletter. We regularly update people on the work that's going on. And you can find that subscription link on our on our website. Let's see, what is it? LCMS slash Jastram Asia or LCMS
0: slash Jastram, J-A-S-T-R-A-M. We'll that's- provide that link in the show notes today as well. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Daniel Jastram, Serving the Lord in Asia, thank you so much for being our guest.
2: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golsa.
0: Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: We are learning about the Lord's work in Asia with the Reverend Dr. Daniel Jastrom. Today, we've been talking a little bit about the work that you've been given specifically in Japan and the changing relationship of Japan Lutheran Church and the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and other lutheran church bodies how that has recently changed but the lord has given you a small group of of pastors who want to be confessional lutheran pastors and want to want to continue growing that relationship to see where the lord might lead that what do you what do you need in order to do this work what kind of support do you need you mentioned there are other missionaries serving in japan as well is that correct
2: I'm the only missionary from the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church, but mm. there's another missionary from the Independent Lutheran Church that's based in the United States, very, very small, but it has one missionary in Japan, so we found each other. Actually, he listened to a radio broadcast interview with, that I provided through Issues Etc., I think it was, and he was very interested to know that there was another confessional Lutheran pastor in Japan, missionary in Japan, So we became acquainted, started crossing paths. Pastor Ferry, our regional director, was able to meet with him, and as a result, we've been able to coordinate some of our efforts, the work that he's doing, digitizing Chemnitz's commentary, Bible commentary. It's in public domain, and so he saw a need to provide theological texts in digital format available online for free for the sake of theological education and use in the church. So we were able to join with him in partnership, providing some of the funding that is required for his time to carry out that digitization work. And part of his program is, then, to make available other solid, conservative Lutheran theological texts online in digital form, and hopefully also more in Japanese in digital form online, so that Japanese Lutheran pastors can read it in their own language.
1: What kind of resources are already available in Japanese for Lutherans? Are are there a lot of resources already, or or is that number pretty slim? Well, from the
2: LCMS perspective that teaches the distinctive faith, confessional faith that we hold dear, there's a precious little. Mm. Because our first missionaries, the first generation missionaries, for better or for worse, made a decision that the literature work they would be engaged in should most beneficially they thought take the form of a pan Lutheran literature program. Hmm. There's benefits and not so good things about it, but they saw that the benefits would override the 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 defects, but as a result, LCMS distinctive doctrine and distinctive theological theological texts didn't end up being produced by that Pan Lutheran literature group. So, of course, we have the Bible in Japanese. We have the Book of Concord in Japanese, that enough. And earlier on, we had the Luther Small Catechism and Explanation from the LCMS, 1943 edition, I believe it is, translated into Japanese. So, those things were good and set. But we found that in the ongoing work of the Japan Lutheran Church, that they really didn't think they needed Luther's small catechism with explanation because it was LCMS. Hmm. In-house sort of internal documents, something, and they didn't think that that was really the needed thing for their church body. So it was printed, went out of print, old copies are around paper, it was printed on poor paper, and the church body never continued to use it very much. So... What we need now in Japan is a new translation of our current LCMS Small Catechism with Explanation, the 2017 edition, because that keeps up with the current challenges and theological perspectives that we hold dear, applying them to current situations like same-sex marriage or like the gender confusion issue that, you know, unless you address some of these issues from the biblical perspective, they're just not there per se in the Book of Concord. And they're not there even in the old Missouri Synod Lutheran catechisms. So Mm -hmm. how a church body deals with current challenges in a confessional way, according to the current needs of the current culture, that's really the key issue. And it takes theological maturity to do that. Sometimes our mission and sister partner, church body partners, don't always have the same sort of longevity and the maturity in theology that the LCMS has the privilege of enjoy, and it certainly doesn't have the theological text resources that we enjoy. So those texts are important, like Walther's Law and Gospel, CFW Walther's Church and Ministry. At the Missouri Senate Lutheran Seminaries, everybody knows that these are fundamental texts and everybody knows what they talk about. But in Japan, there's nothing behind that door if you knock. So, part of our translation work involves, first of all, we have gotten the initial translation of Walter's Long Gospel done. We've finished the initial translation of Walter's Church and Ministry. We went on to Werner Ehlert's Eucharist and Church Fellowship. From there, we went on to Chemnitz's Volume 5 regarding the Enchiridion, Lord's Supper, Lord's Prayer. And we just started the fifth fifth project, I think it is, The Lutheran Difference, mm-hmm. the 2014 edition by edited by Engelbrecht. So those, I think, are really crucial texts that the Japan Lutheran Church needs to develop some maturity theologically.
0: How are Lutherans perceived in Japanese culture?
2: Lutherans! That's a sectarian (laughs) name, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, you all follow Luther? That's obviously sectarian. I know you call it a denomination, but we all know it's sectarian. And So, what we do know is that Christianity comes in a Catholic format, in a Protestant format. And other than that, it's kind of sectarian, don't you think? That's probably what they would understand. Hmm. Now, of course, part of the difficulty is that the term in Japanese used for religion in general, shukyo, also means sectarian. So... Word choices in translation at the very beginning are extremely important.
0: Knowing that now having been a missionary kid, now coming back as a missionary, what are some of the things, maybe some of the, the traditions or life and culture of your childhood in Japan? What was, it, what was it like coming back to that as an adult now as a missionary?
2: This goes really deep <laughs> when you go out walking, especially around supper time and you smell the smells of the kitchens in the neighborhood cooking their fish and preparing mm-hmm. their food, you think, this smells like home. there's in America, there are certain smells that you probably associate with home life, and this feels like home the the smell of freshly mown lawns. The smell of leaves at a certain stage of decomposition in the fall, perhaps. Certain familiar sounds in the neighborhood, whether it's the trash, you know, pickup or whatever it is. You think, yeah, I'm at home. I can feel that and smell it and hear it. So in Japan, smells like that. The Japanese language, of course, felt very at home with and nostalgic. Customs. Three things I usually say about the Japanese culture. One is they are polite. Americans don't have that as a national characteristic from my experience. <laughs> I can see the. Bit. So they're very polite. They're industrious. They are busy people. They work long hours and, and relatively in, infrequently, compared to the United States, take time for leisure. They live to work. We, I guess, say we work to live on our own time, so to speak. So politeness, industry, industry, and they are cultured people. By that, I mean they have traditions that they follow r- religiously. And those traditions build cohesiveness in their culture. I know America has traditions, you know, Thanksgiving turkey and Christmas and, you know, all sorts of things like that. But these are traditions in Japan that go way, way back hundreds and hundreds of years. So over and over again, you see in television programs or advertisements that they've carried on a family tradition for hundreds of years. They mean that literally recipes dyeing cloth, weaving, handcrafts, all those things they've perfected over hundreds of years and they're carrying on that tradition. So these are some of the differences between Japanese people and their culture and the United States and its culture.
1: What is that like for you living there again as an adult now with family with you? What What is that family life like for you in Japan?
2: My family, by the way, is my wife and I. Mm-hmm. Our three children are in the States. They're all grown and they have families of their own. So when we, when I returned to Japan as a new missionary then, I returned to my country of birth and it felt very like a welcome home. And whenever I introduced myself to the Japanese congregations and pastors, I would with some pride say that. My hometown is Shibata Lutheran Church in Japan, and I was born and raised in Niigata-ken. And they are usually astonished because everybody in Japan introduces themselves by talking about their birth home. Where are you from, essentially? And that means a lot. Well, if you're from Hokkaido, that means you're that sort of person. If you're from Kyushu, that means you're sort of this sort of person. A foreigner born in Japan, calling this his home country? Unimaginable but at least surprising, if nothing else. So what is it like? It's a little bit like having two homes and coming home to a very beloved home.
0: You mentioned that you and your bride now live there, <laughs> your children, adults now living in the States. Tell us a little bit more about what your wife gets to do and, <laughs> and family life now that you're empty nesters.
2: <laughs> My wife is a clinical psychiatrist, And so, she provides counseling for her clients. She had a practice before we left. So, packing up shop in Minnesota and coming to Japan meant that she had to close down her business in the United States. And then, of course, she wanted to start up her business in Japan. The difficulty was, at that point, pre-COVID they did not really condone online therapy sessions for insurance payment purposes. Mm-hmm. But as soon as COVID kicked in, then her her board, her group, her psych- psychological association said, well, we can see that it's important to adjust our expectations and parameters for online counseling. And so with online counseling then, she still provides counseling for international people, most of them who live and work in Japan, but it's for English speakers. And it's proven a godsend to be able to work from home. She works from home. I work from home. And she doesn't have to go out for any of her work. I do have to go out for some of my work, but working at home is a wonderful benefit that God has provided for us.
0: What's your one favorite, we have just about a minute left, one favorite tradition or custom That you're happy to come back to in Japan?
2: Oh, to pick one (laughs) of them all. In Japan, things are more or less ordered and dependable. Case in point train schedules, bus schedules. On the public trains in Tokyo, if they're a minute and a half or two minutes late, they apologize to everybody on the train. Because you may have missed your next connection for the third connection. And so punctuality is extremely important for public life. And living together with so many people in such a small space means that being polite is extremely important. Getting on the bus in the morning, all the children are reminded every day Please follow the appropriate rules and manners of this bus. And that kind of encapsulates life in Japan. Knowing what the rules and manners are and following them for an orderly society.
0: <laughs> How can we stay informed on the Lord's work in Asia, particularly the work that you've been given to do in Japan?
2: Yes, Probably the easiest way to stay informed is to subscribe to our newsletter. We regularly update people on the work that's going on. And you can find that subscription link on our on our website. Let's see, what is it? LCMS slash Jastram Asia or LCMS
0: dot LCMS.org slash Jastram, J-A-S-T-R-A-M. We'll that's- provide that link in the show notes today as well. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Daniel Jastram serving the Lord in Asia. Thank you so much for being our guest.
2: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy
2: Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Gulsa.